Hello and welcome to the Opportunity Live podcast. I am Miko and I am very grateful that today I can introduce Graham Nichols to my podcast. And uh, he is a NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, EFT, Emotional Frequency Tapping Expert. And he also specialized in human behavioral patterns. Uh, this is a term he calls himself uh, because it's a bit more broad than just life coach, which is quite interesting to me. And um, if you would like to say a bit, little bit more about yourself, you're welcome to go ahead. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me on your podcast. It's uh, great to be here. Um, yeah, I use um, uh, specialized in or specializing in, in emotional patterns because I, I go a lot further than standard life coaching would and i've studied an awful lot more about people and their life uh, their patterns that they run in their lives through their beliefs their fears their values and um yeah that's what i help people with and that's how i help people and i've kind of transformed that into also helping through recording uh, online courses as well as uh, coaching people one-on-one -on -one. yes that is actually how we well not met but how i got to know from you about the, I did the EFT uh, coaching program or master program on Udemy. And I was super fascinated about it because you are um, really teaching and an, an awful more amount of stuff that you actually promote in it. Um, so how did you even get to this idea to start EFT or how did you, did you from the beginning always go into this direction of, coaching people or helping them to maximize their lives as you call it um for for life coaching purposes um i started about 20 years ago um i was diagnosed with stress anxiety and depression all at the same time um about uh, a little over 20 years ago and uh, the doctor prescribed me some drugs and said that you know they'll help you but it might take about three months for them to start working and i simply didn't want to wait three months and I realized that I didn't really know enough about those conditions to to just give in and, and take drugs. So I, I put the prescription away or threw it away, to be honest, and decided I wanted to find out more about those conditions, which led me to life coaching, which led me to NLP. And what I realized was if I could help myself, which I did, I could then go on and help other people. Um, and from a young age, I was always told that I was a good listener and I was, you know, I always wanted to help. So it seemed like a natural pattern for me to to follow in and help other people um eft the, the tapping actually came about um via trying to help my wife my wife has a uh, very severe spinal injury from a car accident over 30 years ago and she takes lots of uh, medications every day just to keep her moving and and reduce her pain and we wanted something that because she can't take any more tablets she's on the, the maximum amount she can take we wanted something that was a bit more natural to try and help her reduce her her levels of pain so about I don't know, six, seven years ago now, I was doing some research on uh, more holistic therapies and came across tapping. And I started with uh, thought field therapy or TFT, which is where tapping started. And that developed into an interest into EFT, which is the next evolution of it. And, um, and it helped her with her pain, but what I found was it helped with many other conditions as well from depression and anxiety and anger and frustration and stress. And, and then more than that, it helps people just to generally feel better. It can, you know, it can help reduce fears it can help break limiting beliefs it can help you feel better have more energy in general and the the path just carried on from there into into the courses that uh, that i create and i and i work one-on-one -on -one with people 
and as EFT is just part of that that I can bring. So do you feel like your personal uh, depression and stress reduced even further with EFT or did you find something that helped you before that already? Um, I found something that helped me before that. I, I found how my patterns work and therefore how I could change them. And that's kind of what led me on to, to specializing in human behavioral patterns. What I did find was the EFT when I was working with my wife with it, it would relax me an awful lot more. So um, it's very useful for, for relaxation. You can combine it with meditation to, to relax you down as well. And, and that benefits me every day, absolutely, that I, I use, use that to relax it every day. And how does your wife feel now? Does she feel, um, is she still on the medication or how do you guys work together in both of these aspects from your side and also from your wife? Yeah, unfortunately, with with it being an accident and she has a because of her injury, it's not pain that's ever going to go away for her. Um, but we use it to reduce her levels of pain. If if she has a severe flare up or something along those lines, we use it to reduce her levels of pain, and that can have an effect for anything up to a couple of hours, which just lets her get over that kind of the hump of the pain and and then start to come back down again. Wow. That's really great. I mean, also, uh, this is one aspect that you also talk a lot about in your course as well. You mention it, but I can see the love that you have for your family. And, and you also have a daughter, uh, as I heard in the course. I and, do, yeah, uh, 14 years old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How did your wife go through this then? Because the accident was 30 years ago, and then uh, she was able to get a daughter still. That must have been a challenging time, no? It was a challenging time. Um, I wasn't with my wife at that point, so my daughter is actually my stepdaughter. But um, as far as we're concerned, I'm I'm a dad. She's my daughter. But um, yeah, um, it was a challenging time for her. She was told she would never have kids, and obviously she had to have a C-section to um, to give birth. But um, she managed to do it, and my wife's quite quite an inspiration to me. She they told the doctors told her that she would never walk again. They told her she would need to give up on her business, and she just told them no I'm not doing that and she uh, she still runs a business to this day um, helping people to learn to ride horses and rescuing horses mm -hmm. and um, she doesn't uh, doesn't live her life in a wheelchair she walks around so she's a she's a very oh. inspirational woman oh this sounds amazing great I hadn't heard that story yet so I'm happy to hear it <laughs> <laughs> Um, in, I saw on your website that you wrote a book about anxiety and depression. How did you combine these two in one book? Because I feel like the modern medicine sees it very separately and they probably also prescribe different drugs for them. So how come you put both of these things together? Um, what I found was that conditions such as anxiety and depression and stress are all very, very much linked. Yes, you're right. Modern medicine will tell us that they're separate and they'll give us a different medication for each of them. But the truth is that they are emotional patterns that we run and they run in our nervous system and they run in our unconscious mind, but they are all linked. They, they, are all, they all follow the, a similar pattern. Um, and if I was to, to give you an example, there are um, four ways of looking at an emotion, if you like. So if you, if you imagine holding your, your left hand up in front of you and on your, your first finger there, you put a P for palm and that's your physical association to an emotion. So we all have a physical association. So if we think about depression, the physical association is generally down, 
head down, shoulders down. If you think about anxiety, it's all very tight. If you think about frustration, it's or anger, it's very tight. So that's a physical association. On the middle finger is A for attention. So what we pay attention to, that um, directs our emotions. If we're paying attention to things that make us depressed, well, of course, we're going to feel that way. If we pay attention to things that make us angry or frustrated, we're going to feel that way. If you then go on to the ring finger, L is for language. So you imagine what we're saying to ourselves if we ask ourselves really poor questions and say things to ourselves of about how rubbish we are. Um, well, then we get poor answers. To give you an example from my life, the, the question I used to ask myself whenever anything went wrong was, why does this always happen to me? And you can imagine I got a really poor answer out of that. Um, and the answer I usually got was because you're useless and you deserve it. So I just felt like I was useless and I deserved to feel this bad. And then finally, on the, the little finger there, that's the meaning that we create. Well, from those questions that we ask, we create a meaning. And that is the meaning I got was I was useless and deserved it. That's the meaning I created. So I call that the, the palm, palm psychology method. So P-A-L-M is palm psychology. And if we change any one of those, we can start to change our emotional state. So if we're depressed and we change our physical association to depression, so instead of being down and slumped down and shoulders forward, we go out for a walk or a run or we put some music on and dance about like an idiot, I don't know. We change, then we change how we feel in that short space of time. But then if we change the what we're paying attention to as well, and we start to focus on good stuff instead of bad stuff, all of a sudden we're making a real shift. If we change the language, the questions that we're asking, so in my life, instead of asking, why does this always happen to me? I could ask a question like, how can I stop this happening to me and make myself feel better? And all of a sudden I have a different answer and the meaning changes with that question. So what I discovered was anxiety, depression, stress, anger, frustration, whatever you want to call it, all fit nicely into that palm psychology uh, um, pattern, if you like. That's true. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> So what, uh, because I've had a friend that tell, told me the other day that uh, she thinks very black and white and she doesn't know how to get out of this. And uh, mm. I gave her a few suggestions, but I would love to hear what you would uh, suggest a person like that. What could you tell them to uh, adjust their way of thinking? Yeah, sure. So, so black and white thinking in, in CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, we call that a cognitive distortion. Um, and black and white thinking is one of about nine or 10 recognized cognitive distortions. And you're absolutely right. People think it's either yes or no, or it's uh, you know, one way or the other. What I would suggest is asking your friend to make a or come up with some different choices, some different perspectives on how to look at things. If you imagine looking at a cardboard box, but you're only looking at it from one end, you only see that end, you only see that color. If you move around to the side of it, it might be longer, it might be different colors down the side. If you look at it from the top, it'll be different. We need different perspectives. If, it's, if we only have two different perspectives, then we've only got two choices. If we have a hundred different perspectives, we have a hundred different choices. If we choose a different meaning, if we say, what else could this mean? And ask ourselves a different question, we can create different meanings and then we can choose one. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So this would have to be done before though, it, it, because within the within the moment of being in a situation, it would be difficult to think to yourself, okay, I need to change my perspective now, or do you think this is still possible in the situation itself? No, I think it's very possible that, again, in CBT, we use something called the pause button where we literally just stop and we say to ourselves, stop, what else could this mean? Or stop, how else could I look at this? How else could somebody else look at this? 
how else could you know she you could ask her how she thinks you would look at that particular situation how a famous film star might look at the situation it doesn't matter we can create so many different things in our minds but if we hit that pause button and just say to ourselves stop how else could i see this what else could this mean and then you've got a choice Great. Yes, that's great advice. That's already a good tip to include into everyone's <laughs> lives. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And um, then my next question is, do you generally consider yourself a happy person? I do. I do consider myself a happy person. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I am able to do something in life that I absolutely adore doing, which is helping people. I'm very fortunate that I have a wife and a daughter that I love completely and they love me um, and I'm grateful for that every day and the, the for me the one thing that I can do every day to make sure I'm a happy person is be grateful for everything that I have and whether that's the things that I do for a living whether that's my family whether that's walking my dog first thing in the morning or you know the sunshine or the rain it doesn't matter if I can be grateful for something then my heart is filled with happiness so this would also be the thing that you would suggest to everyone to include into their lives if you could? Absolutely. If you could include one thing in your life, it would be gratitude. Even if you can find the gratitude, if you can find gratitude in the smallest of things, you can find gratitude in the biggest of things. So if you can find gratitude in, in how a flower looks in the morning, then you can find gratitude in the biggest things you can have in your life or the most difficult of situations. And if you can find gratitude in the most difficult of situations, there's nothing you can't cope with. I really like what you just said. <laughs> if you, you. look Which at part? the small things, if you look at the small things and are, can be grateful for the small things, then the big things, uh, like it kind of accumulates to a big picture. Correct. And Absolutely. In the end, you just walk around and you see everything is, everything is beauty around you. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dr. Wayne Dyer and, and in one of his books, I read that the first words out of his mouth every morning are thank you. Thank you mm -hmm. for this day. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for me being alive. That sort of thing. If you can you know, imagine waking up every morning, just saying, yep, thank you for another day. What a great way to start the day. And that's that years ago when I first read that, that absolutely um, led into my life. Wow. Oh, that's, <laughs> um who else inspired you in your life who would you say okay this these people have really um struck a nerve with me so dr wendy is one of them um i'm a big fan of tony robbins and uh, his uh, the way he reaches out and touches so many people's lives and helps so many people um i've already mentioned my wife my wife inspires me every single day um, my daughter inspires me to smile every single day. Um, but I, I could read, uh, yeah, I've so many books I've read that have inspired me. Daniel Goldman, who started um, uh, or first wrote about emotional intelligence, is such a powerful book. Um, Dr. Uh, Callahan, who started the thought field therapy and actually started the tapping. Again, such an inspiring book. The list, the list is, uh, the list is <laughs> never ending, I can assure you. And to be honest, um, there's an awful lot of my clients that inspire me as well because they come to me and they're struggling at that time and we work together and they they make the changes in their life. I don't ever make a change in anybody's life, well, apart from my own. Um, my clients make the changes in their own lives. I, I'm just there along for the journey. And when I see people change and I see them change their lives and improve their lives and become who they want to be, that inspires me as well. Oh, 
Very nice. I think you found your calling. <laughs> I, I am very fortunate that I did indeed. Um, if you had a time machine <laughs> and you could go back to when you first started to get uh, to get to be diagnosed as depressed and anxious and um, stressed, would there be anything that you would uh, tell yourself that you now, which you would have liked to know earlier, which you would have found out, like to have found out about earlier? Well, great question. Um, do you know what? I don't think there would. And the reason I say that is we all have to go on a journey. And if it wasn't for my journey, I wouldn't be where I am today. If it wasn't for my journey, I wouldn't know what I know. I wouldn't have the life that I have. Um, my life would be completely different. If I hadn't gone through those tough times of, uh, of feeling that way, then I wouldn't have come out of those and gone on to find life coaching and NLP and everything else that I've learned over the years. So I'm not sure I would. Uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with my journey, even though it's been tough in many, many times um, across the years. I think we grow out of tough times. So no, I don't think I'd change anything. Very good. <laughs> there is no right answer, but I like that answer. <laughs> okay. um, if you, uh, so, so you would suggest that uh, gratitude is the one thing that everyone should include into their lives. Absolutely, I think yeah. that we made that clear from uh, a few minutes ago. Is there any way that you personally do it uh, or is it more just in the act like when you're out with the dog or do you actually wake up in the morning and say thank you um, or is there a time that you take aside to do it or write a gratitude journal or something like this? Yeah so I always say thank you in the mornings as I'm getting up and I always say thank you when I'm walking the dog in the mornings but particularly at nights just before I go to bed I write a journal and I wrote I write about what's happened that day I ask myself every day what have I learned about myself today so that I can grow a little bit each day. And then the last part of the journal is about gratitude. And th at the moment is thanking, uh, being grateful for my myself and my family being kept safe you know, with what's going on around the world, but also, you know, the opportunities that I have to help other people. So yeah, I write, I write in my journal, uh, the things I'm grateful for. Okay, great. Um, is there anything else you would like to add or tell the listeners anything that's on your heart that you feel like people should know at the moment? Particularly at the moment with, with what's going on around the world, it's uh, very tough and there's a lot of worry and concern and stress and a lot of loss as well. And I, I'm a big believer in the saying that uh, this too shall pass and this too shall pass and yes people will lose people and it's you know my heart goes out to everybody who's lost somebody or everybody who's you know in the midst of what's going on but i really do believe that this too shall pass and my hope and belief is that the world will change for the better for it in the end i think people are finding a different way to live they're finding that they can spend more time with their family and maybe work from home a bit more. They're finding that they can be a bit more polite and a bit more pleasant around other people. You know, you go shopping at the moment. If people are just generally seem more polite, more pleasant. And I think that coming out of this, the world will be just 
just a little bit of a better place. At least that's my hope. I share that hope and I'm sure it will. I feel like everything is going upwards. People are spending more time in nature and uh, Absolutely. I think things are looking up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so too. Great. Then thank you so much for this opportunity to for welcome. this interview. And uh, I really hope that this will I share your passion of helping others living a happier and healthier life. And I'm hoping that this has helped. If any one of the listeners would like to know more about Graham Nichols, he has a website, theprioryacademy.com. And he has just brought out a book, which is called Life Evolution, 37 Strategies to Improve Your Life. Ah, very good. You're prepared. Yep, I was prepared. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Uh, so if you're interested in uh, improving your life in any way, it's not just about anxiety or depression or stress. It's, it's an overall concept of improving your life. And I think I will even order it. I'm very interested in seeing what is in there. Um, and if you want any course from him, please visit his website. I am a big fan of it and um, I can only hope for your, the best in your future. And uh, thank you very much for this. Well, thank you very much for your time and I wish you all the best as well. Thank you. Thank you.